0: Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am joined today by Portia Yip, who is a coach, mentor, copywriter, and artist. She guides creative business owners, introverted entrepreneurs, and multi-passionate souls towards growing their version of a purposeful business As they turn their passions into profit while taking imperfect, inspired action. I love your messaging and I love that you are obviously a multi passionate as well. So thank you so much for being here.
1: I'm so glad to be here too and excited to chat with you. And thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: Yeah, I was so excited when you reached out and I've just been diving into your content because you have so many awesome things going on. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story and how you got started in business.
1: So my business technically started about eight years ago before I even knew what a side hustle or a side gig was. It was pretty much around the same time where I started at my full-time job at a nonprofit. So back then I started out as a freelance writer and I took projects for all sorts of clients and industries. And mainly I was doing it just as a creative outlet. I felt like something was missing though. And I think that's why I did the freelance writing for so long and stayed in my current job because I wanted more freedom and flexibility and creativity in my days. So I also did a lot of traveling during that time and I took up abstract art and sold my work at markets to really just try and fill that void or missing piece that I was feeling. And that feeling never quite went away though. So I did a lot of reflecting and I guess you can call it soul searching, but I just realized that nine to five office world just wasn't for me. It took me a full five years to finally. The courage to quit my job, but I did that finally three years ago and really went all in with my business. Then I decided I was going to focus on copywriting services for creatives and service based businesses and just kept the art ongoing, but more on the side. And then, since I had a mostly remote business, my partner and I decided to do some long term traveling for a year. We left to do that in September of 2019. And then about four months into the trip, I started getting burned out. My workload was getting, like there was a lot going on and I had clients in different time zones. And so it was a lot to manage along with the traveling. And I felt that missing void or feeling again. I had to, again, reflect and figure out what was going on. And then I realized that I wanted to do even more and impact even more entrepreneurs who are like me and to help them in a different capacity than my copywriting work. So that's how the business coaching appeared. And I feel like it was just a natural extension of my business. So I signed up for a course, got certified as a life and business coach. And that was all just before COVID hit. You can imagine what else was going on along with the travel. There was a lot going on, but that's another story. I
0: bet. I love that because I find that as creative people, as much as we love what we do, sometimes we can dive so deep into it and just feel like we're constantly doing it because we enjoy it. We love it. But then you're still going to get burnt out even if it's something that you love, if you don't have boundaries and... Reevaluate how you're feeling about things. So I love that you know that feeling now and you know what to do when you're starting to feel that way.
1: I think it really comes down to just being aware of those feelings. And especially if you already have some experience with it, it's easier to work through and it's not such a surprise if it comes up again.
0: And I love that you travel, like being a digital nomad is something that totally fascinates me. And I would love to do that at some point. My husband has a nine to five job, so it's not possible right now, but I love that. What would you say is your best tip for somebody who wants to take that path? I know you had other things going on and challenges with the uh, time in the world that you were traveling, but What would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody that wants to take that leap and take a year to travel and do their business while they're traveling?
1: I think one of the main things is really being comfortable with change and being able to adapt. You have to love that flexibility, I think is a main thing too. And working in a different time zone and in a totally different environment, that's something it's not for everyone. And there are days where even I felt like, oh, I just wish I had a stable office or routine again. But yeah, you kind of have to be more open and go with the flow. And even if that means you have to take a call at three in the morning because of the time zone situation. Like like I did that a couple times and then I was like, no more, I'll never do that again. But you have to go through it to really understand how to navigate the time zones and working from a different country. But yeah, I love the flexibility of it and being able to live long-term in a different country and then being able to travel on your own time. I think that was a huge thing for me was slow travel. Like I'm a fan of staying in one place for like at least a month or so. And then you can adjust to your surroundings and you can find a routine and settle in a little bit more rather than hopping around every few days. Especially if you're running a business, I think having some kind of routine is key. Then you can really focus on your work and marketing and whatever else you need to do to start growing and building your business.
0: I love your idea of slow travel. I think that's how I would have to do it too. Cause otherwise it would just feel like I'm never settled it is how I would envision it being if I didn't have a set time where I actually had the time to settle in and explore wherever I was and get a work routine going and then move on to the next place. I love that. So I would love to hear what type of clients do you typically work with? I know you offer multiple services, like you're a business coach and a copywriter, but are there any specific types of clients that you work with for either?
1: In general, I would say the clients I work with, they're creative entrepreneurs, they're introverts, maybe like more gentle souls and obviously multi-passionates. And I wouldn't really pinpoint it to one specific industry, but it's more service-based online entrepreneurs for the copywriting side of things. And they can be like course creators, other coaches, and those running health and wellness businesses. Then my coaching clients are more copywriters, designers, and artists, makers, like those who sell their work at markets as well, since I have That experience and background. One of the main themes for all of them is that they want to run a business they love that's purposeful and sustainable.
0: I was the same way with services. I didn't want to niche down too far because I am multi passionate as an entrepreneur. Like sometimes you can niche yourself down into a box. And for me, that felt very stagnant. Like I love having different businesses that I can work in. My day-to-day is never the same. I'm only working with one type of business. So I love that. But I feel like a lot of people are pushed into niching themselves down really deep. And what is your take on niching for online business owners?
1: That's a big topic because I know... In the beginning, when I started out doing the business stuff and figuring out what I wanted to do exactly, like niching was so hard for me because I was like, I don't want to limit myself to just targeting one type of person or one type of business. I think how I got around that was just being open to everything that came my way and figuring out what I liked and what I didn't like, whether that was a certain type of copywriting work or maybe it was a certain industry. And then you can start to focus in a little bit but i wouldn't want to suggest or tell someone that you have to pick one thing right off the bat because you could spend so long focusing on that one person attracting that one type of client and if you really don't like something about it then it's not going to work for you long term so i would say to just be open about it and don't worry about the niching thing right away because as you gain more experience you'll figure out what you like and don't like and if there's something you don't like, just drop it. And if there's something you're kind of curious about, why not just go ahead and jump into it and try it out?
0: There's so much information out there about you have to niche down, you have to have an ideal client avatar. Because if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. And I always struggled with that. If anyone is struggling with niching down, they should do what you just said. And don't, worry about it that much. It will naturally come if it's meant to be, but you can absolutely be multi-passionate and have multiple audiences. I know some people find their niche right away and all their messaging and stuff is targeted. And that's fine. Like if you love that, but if you're somebody struggling with it, just let it go. (laughs) Just, just move on and just do your thing. And like you said, you'll figure out what you love, what you don't enjoy through your experiences with clients or doing types of works.
1: And the other thing that's maybe something to keep in mind is that as multi-passionates, we don't need to be doing everything we love at the same time or feel like we have to drop something and never think about it or do it again. I think it also depends on maybe the season that we're in and what we really are excited about for the summer, maybe. For me, I know with my artwork, I love to paint and create more in the summer months. And in winter, I'm like, I don't really have the energy to do much. So it's knowing what you want to work on now versus later. And you can always go back to whatever else you wanted to work on later on.
0: I think that's big for multi-passionates and especially introverts. Allow yourself to follow your creativity, follow your energy wherever it leads. And there's no rules in entrepreneurship. You make the rules. You can pivot, you can change. I've pivoted so many times over the years. I started as a virtual assistant and I actually got known first for SEO services I knew them, I was good at it, but it just got so draining because it's not very creative work. And that's all I was doing. It just started to burn me out. And I was like, no, this is my top service and what I'm known for, but I do not want to do it anymore. There's no rules. You can do that whenever you want. So, what would you tell someone who is at the beginning stages of starting a business, whether it's a service based business or any kind of business that they're bringing into the online space or starting?
1: I would say the beginning can be hard because you're dealing with so much new territory and it can feel overwhelming and you can get lost in all the noise out there of people saying you should do this or that. And my advice would be that it's okay to try everything and do everything that gets presented to you in the beginning and to just keep planting those seeds of opportunity for yourself everywhere and to do things imperfectly, just take your time to hone in on your truth, your messaging or your mission and give yourself permission and grace to say, it's okay if it might take you a little longer to figure things out because as a business and running your own business as an entrepreneur, is a journey, it's never about the end point. Give yourself just the freedom and flexibility to play and explore things, try different things. And eventually you'll start to figure out again, like what you want to really start to focus on.
0: I love what you said about being imperfect. (laughs) I find that a lot of business owners have a little bit of perfectionism and maybe they'll hold back on putting something out there in the world or launching it. I've even been the same way, like with a course, I'm like, no, it has to be perfect. And then I see people selling high ticket programs just from a Google document. And I'm like, just get it out there. And then you can always tweak it and make it a little prettier package later on, but just get it out there because nobody can buy it or learn about it unless it's out there. So done is better than perfect. I always say that to myself when I start to get into that. I'm like, oh, I can't put this out yet. It's not totally polished and perfect.
1: Yeah. It's really just about doing the work and figuring it out along the way. And you can go back and revise and fix things. But as long as you're Actually, putting in that effort to get something out there, that's what counts because you'll see what needs to be improved or what you want to not do anymore. Or maybe it'll work out really well and then you can continue doing that. It comes down to taking action in a way that's imperfect, but intentional and inspiring.
0: I'm thinking about my website. Like I'm constantly going in and tweaking it almost weekly still just because I find little things, but that's fine. If I held it back, I would have been in business for 14 years now and not had a website if it had to be totally perfect before I put it out there in the world. It doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. I see a lot of people comparing too. They compare to somebody who has been in business for 10 years and has all the bells and whistles with their website and sales pages and funnels. And they try to compare to that, but. You don't need that at the start. That's at their 10-year point and they probably have a team. So it's important to really look at the whole picture, I think, if you start to compare yourself when it comes to perfectionism too.
1: Definitely, yeah. And it's easy to fall into that comparison trap and to feel like you're not doing enough or you're missing that piece that will finally take you to that level of success. But it is good to keep that perspective and to always know that your chapter one is not the same as someone's chapter 10 or something like that, but we're all doing things differently. And even our own definition of what's perfect is different for each of us. It's
0: true. And it's the same with success. What they consider success is going to be totally different than somebody else's. Some people just focus on the money when they're judging their success level and other people focus on their freedom, and maybe they're working less hours and how they feel. That's how I really focus on what I consider success is how I'm feeling versus my biggest month ever. I don't really focus on the dollars as much as some people do for when they're measuring success. So everything's totally different depending on how you look at things.
1: I feel the same about success. And it's interesting because I feel like it's more of this fluid, naturally occurring thing that happens throughout our lives, rather than it being like an end point. Or once I reach this milestone, then I'll be successful forever type of thing. It's really, like you said, depends on your feelings and what happens during the day. And because I feel like one day you could land a new client and you'll feel like super successful and excited to get started, and then the next day you might have another client that comes to you and like doesn't like the work that you did, and then you'll feel like a failure. So it's like you said,
0: an up and down roller coaster of entrepreneurship. <laughs> so that leads into my question: How long did it take for you to feel successful in your business?
1: I would say. I feel successful right now. Even in the beginning, I would say I felt successful because as I mentioned, there were many points in my life already where I could say that I had a successful experience. And since I view business as more of a journey and almost like a work in progress. I don't know if there's ever going to be a point where I'm like, oh yes, I'm a super successful business owner. I've always felt that way in a sense because of everything that I've done and the work that I've done for my clients. And so it's almost like a progression of success. And as you were saying, it really depends on the day too, because we all have our bad days or days where we might feel like we're complete failures in our business, but it's a feeling that doesn't last long. And I know it's that feeling will pass and you'll eventually find your flow again. Success is almost like a choice in some ways. You can choose to feel successful even if you've had a bad day because of everything that you've done already and achieved.
0: I think that's important what you just said about how even at this point in business, we all have days where we feel like failures, maybe question wanting to give up and quit and change directions completely. So for anyone new starting out, that's never probably going to go away. You're always going to have these huge ups and downs. And that is just the beauty of running your own business.
1: It is. You just got to ride the waves and you'll have super stormy days and then you'll have days where it's nice and calm and sunny. And I mean, nature's like that. So why shouldn't our businesses be like that?
0: So true. I looked at your creative co-working days via Zoom. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about that and how people can sign up and participate in that because I think it sounds like an awesome idea.
1: So I started those quite recently, just like a month ago, actually. And they happen right now bi-weekly on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Mountain Time for about two hours. And they're super casual and relaxed. People can show up anytime they want. And they're meant to be an almost an accountability session too in a way because they're co-working but then you can also meet others and connect and casually chat about what you're working on and maybe what challenges you're having I started them just as a way to really start building a community around those who want to meet others in an easy space like you just connect anywhere online on zoom and so far, they've been going well. And I'm excited for anyone else who wants to join to just go to my website and sign up on the co working page.
0: I think that's such an awesome idea, especially right now. People need connection. We've been in lockdown. We're finally out of it, but we've been in lockdown for, I think, eight months out of the last 12. So even that as an introvert, and I love being alone and working from home, but I'm even really craving one-on-one connections at this point. So I love that you're doing these co-working days. I think it's an awesome idea.
1: I got the idea from someone else who actually was doing the same. And I thought it was just a great idea for especially introverts to come together and connect without having to physically go to a co-working space or something like that. Cause I used to do that and I found it took a lot of energy sometimes, you know, to like pack up your laptop and whatever you want to work on and to physically go from your home to like a co-working space. It's a lot of energy sometimes. And then If you could just do it from the comfort of your home while connecting with people for a couple hours, like I thought that would be a better way for some people who are still going through lockdown or not comfortable to go out yet, even if things are opening. And the other thing I love too, is that you can meet people from different parts of the world too. It's not just limited to your local cities.
0: I love Zoom for that reason. It's been so instrumental in like growing community and collaborations. And it's opened up a whole new world. I feel like for people to connect with one another, I love connecting with people that are in other parts of the world and learning about it, especially now, cause I can't travel that it's like, I want to hear more about where you are and what's going on in the world where other people are. So I know that giving back is a huge part of your business And I think that is such an awesome idea. And I love how you share that as one of your brand values. I'd love for you to share a bit about how you're giving back and maybe it'll give others listening some ideas about how they can use their own business to make more of an impact in the world.
1: I think giving back is one of those things that has always been central in everything that I do in some way. But where I found that I got tripped up sometimes was with the how part. And I think a lot of people think giving back just means donating and giving your money to charity and nonprofits, but there's other ways to do it as well, especially if you're new to your business still, and you don't have a lot of money to donate. For me, I would suggest donating your time, which can be maybe your giving some of your services away as pro bono or like at a reduced rate for a charitable organization or any causes that you're passionate about. And if you can link that to your work, you can donate your time that way and help others with your services and time. And the other organization I found is they have a very interesting model. It's called Kiva. And they're like micro loans that you invest in. And then you actually get that money back once the loan has been paid off. It's like part of the microfinancing world. And I found that was a very interesting way to give back in, in like smaller monetary amounts where you actually, that money gets cycled through. It's an interesting model. Definitely check out. It's called kiva.org.
0: Perfect. Yeah. We'll link that in the show notes. Definitely check that out too. Cause I love making an impact, whether it's with my clients or helping other introverts or helping with charities and causes that I'm really passionate about. I love that. So I'm definitely going to check that out. And I think like a lot of us, like you said, we think that it always has to be monetary, but if we are business owners, we have skills that these organizations definitely can use and want. They need some help and assistance in any way that you can offer that. I think it's huge.
1: Like it can be as simple as even just educating ourselves on the issues that we're passionate about and, then using our platforms and our voices to advocate for that. Again, that doesn't always have to cost a lot of money. Like you can listen to free resources out there and other experts. There are tons of, I think like you can borrow books from the library online, which are free. You don't have to always purchase books. So there's a way that you can give back just by using your own voice and platform too, I think is a big piece.
0: I'm really invested in a local animal rescue. All three of my dogs were fosters through the rescue that I took on. And then I've done a lot of fundraising for them. And even when I couldn't donate, like anytime they're doing auctions or charity events, I just share them. And I've had so many of my friends get involved now. They're really hugely involved with the charity too. So just sharing sometimes is all you can do. Just put it out there that this is something that you're passionate about. You love what these people are doing and the cause and just share it and people will respond to that and hopefully get involved as well.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that also helps with other potential clients getting to know you and your brand and what you stand for. And it humanizes you a little bit more too, to know what other people can learn about your interests and values. And that's the things that a lot of people too might feel like they don't want to share their political views or they're super passionate about because of the stigma or like attracting people, attracting haters or trolls or any of that. But I feel like by sharing that part of you, then you start to attract the right people to your business as well.
0: I think no matter what you do in business, eventually you are going to attract some trolls. I feel like it's a business badge that everyone has to go through. And we have control of our social media platforms and what people are commenting. Like I delete and block and have no issues with that. And like you said, the right people are going to find you. The people that have similar values that can really connect with what you're passionate about
1: too. Exactly. I think getting haters and trolls isn't always a bad thing because then you know that you're reaching people who are not normally in your circles, I guess. And like you said, you can always just block and delete and report them and then just forget about it after. It's about them more than it is about you. So that's kind of how I view those negative vibes and people out there.
0: I read a lot of articles on Facebook, but I try to avoid the comments because they're just awful. That's one of the curses about the online space. There's so many positives with it, but I mean, sometimes we just have to take the bad with the good. <laughs> I would love for you to share where everyone can find you online. If anyone is interested in joining your creative co-working days or connecting with you for coaching or copywriting services. I just want to connect with you. Where's the best place for people to find you?
1: So the best place for social media would be Instagram. I'm most active there. And you can find me just at Portia underscore Yip is the handle. And everything else you can find about my services and the co-working and even signing up for the monthly email list that I call intentional letters. You can go to my website and everything's on there.
0: Perfect. And we'll have all of your links in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to connect with Portia, we'll have all the links in the show notes and definitely connect on the co-working days because I'm going to sign up and I'll be at the next one
1: the more the merrier. And again, there's no pressure. You don't have to attend all of them. You don't even need to attend for the whole time. It's super casual and it's there for you if you need it. And if you want that accountability to come and work on something and I'm happy to have new people join.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. I'm so excited to connect with you and learn a little bit more about you and your story.
1: Thanks so much, Tara.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterraread.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.